0: We'll never find the more wretched hive of scum and villainy. Laugh it up,
1: Fuzzball. What's up, guys, and welcome to episode two of the Beltway Banthus podcast, Star Wars podcast coming at you from the very hive of scum and villainy in our very own galaxy, Washington, D.C. I'm your host, Tirso Perez, and joining us today is my equally good co-host Stephen kent how are you man
0: i'm doing well so i learned i was just a
1: co-host yeah uh just a a measly (laughs) lowly there's nothing uh, wrong with being a (laughs) co-host
0: i thought i was a pilot of this show Uh, well you're relegating me to (laughs) c-3po status
1: well if you it depends on how you look at it i really think r2d2 was just the rebellious co-host to c-3po
0: who do you think is the boss in that in that relationship though I mean, it's really, it changes from time to time. R2-D2 goes off on on, on adventures and leads him around and he complains and stomps along the whole way. But at the same
1: time, he's sort of domineering and bullies R2 on a constant basis. It's all about who wears the pants and R2-D2 can't wear pants. (laughs) So let's get real. (laughs) Off to a good start here. Well played. How was, uh, how was your week, man? Yeah,
0: my week was all right. It's a, it's a busy time in my world, uh, being a Washington, D.C.ite. I don't know if that's an actual thing people we'll make say. make it a thing. It's a, a thing now. <laughs> Beltway Banthas. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a busy time of year with the election going on, so my head's just about to explode. Uh, my wife had surgery this week, so it's just, been, it's just been stressful.
1: Yeah, man. But
0: I'm happy to be here.
1: Cool. All right. Um well, thanks for asking me. My week was great. <laughs> I Don't
0: care how you are to yourself.
1: <laughs> that was my very passive aggressive way of how telling you, you. How are you? No, man. You,
0: you need someone
1: to tell ask you? I, <laughs> I'm good, man. I uh I've been busy as well. I look forward to sitting down and talking about Star Wars. So, that I'm more I'm less stressed now than I was this past week cuz Star Wars is on the scene. So today was kind of meant to be more of a topical episode, but there was so much news that dropped um, between the last episode and now that we just figured we'd cover a lot of that stuff. So we'll try to take some time at the end to cover some of the topics that we'll be going through in the next few episodes. But right now, I mean, when it happens, it happens. The news is big and we got some things to talk about. Um, The first one being the Rogue One trailer, man. State your name for the record. Jin Ursa. Forgery of imperial documents, possession of stolen property, aggravated assault, resisting arrest. So where, where did you watch it? I. Where were you when the Rogue One trailer dropped? I know where I was. I pulled
0: my car over. Uh, <laughs> were you in yeah. traffic? I, I was. I was on my commute um, uh, into DC. Yeah. And. Um, you know, like any good commuter, I was on the web, <laughs> of course, <laughs> <laughs> and keeping so, it real. So I, uh, I, I saw on my news feed that people were sharing the trailer. So, like a good commuter would, I pulled the car over to the side of the road, I plugged it into my auxiliary, and I let it play. Yeah, uh, traffic and commute be
1: damned. It was amazing. <laughs> Where did you watch it? I um. Did you text me telling me that I was going to be... I did. Yeah. I texted you, like, all caps,
0: <laughs> Rogue Yes, one. you did. I remember that.
1: So, Steven had texted me, and he was like, Rogue One trailer dropping. And I I think I was, like, in the kitchen or something, and I, uh, my fiancé was, like, making food, and I was like, babe, Rogue One trailer. And she was like, Aw- awesome? What? And Mom! <laughs> Mom! 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 <More> my Rogue One! <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> I hope people don't think that I refer to my fiance as mom. Mommy, real, real weird, real fast. Um, and so I was, I was getting ready, and I had the next day. I actually had off from work, so I I woke up pretty early for it. Um, and so I looked it up on YouTube first thing, and I just watched it, and I just there's a lot of noises coming from my mouth that were weren't really like coherent words. They were just like, humming, oh, humming, humming,
0: humming, humming, humming.
1: yeah, and. <laughs> When the alarm kind of starts sounding in the trailer, I was just, uh, and I saw that stormtroopers again. And it was just that, it was this feeling of nostalgia for me. Well, I mean,
0: so let's, let's talk about expectations. So first of all, expectations were shattered. I think you and I had talked about before this movie, uh, we had anything to go on on this, on this movie that we weren't really that excited. I mean, we knew that there was going to be an anthology film Mm -hmm. coming out. It would be in between episodes three and four maybe bridge that gap a little but for all intents and purposes it's not a star wars movie a star wars movie is part of the trilogy structure that is linked to the skywalker plot uh that is what star wars is so this is the first spinoff and it's it's for me my expectations were really just sort of rock bottom i thought it would be a good movie but I certainly didn't think the trailer was going to make me just count the days until December. Interesting. Um, so I'm there now. Yeah. They they got me with the film. Um, everything from the subtle piano music that started off the trailer and drove through to Ben Mendelssohn as looks looks like an imperial villain of some sorts. Yeah. Uh, well. And again. The ATATs on the
1: beach. Yes. In a tropic setting. We've not seen that before. It's so <laughs>
0: important.
1: Yeah. Um, it's interesting you say that, though. Because um, I know there are a few people that, even though they knew that this movie was coming, they weren't too excited. Um, personally, I was. Um, I just, I'm not just a sucker for anything Star Wars. Like I think I've said before, you put Drake really? Levito in a, in a Darth Vader costume, and I'm first in line, man. Um, but seriously, I mean, I was, I think actually in uh, the pilot, we had talked about Rogue One just a little bit. Um, and I had said I was hoping to see Darth Vader. And so I, in, in the trailer, I mean, so I did have some expectations. And honestly, I was, I was actually more excited. And I didn't even think about Darth Vader after watching the trailer. I was just, I was just so thrilled to see Stormtroopers and to see this new character that kind of has this rebelling quality about her. Um, I I just really enjoyed the whole thing. It felt like the Star Wars universe. It felt like we were in that time period. Um, And I think it will be interesting once we do get to a place where we see Darth Vader. But it got me even more excited than I already was. Um, So I think it's cool that you said that, because even though we're kind of coming from different places from viewing it, we both left with the same feeling of like, "Um, when's December coming? So,
0: what was your big takeaway from the trailer? What was the one question that you have that is now unanswered
1: and needs an answer? You're gonna hate me for this. I can <laughs> I can never hate you. I appreciate that, man. Um, honestly, okay, there's a few. Can I do like two, maybe? Can I go, do that? Go for it, <laughs> It's your it's your show, right? I, thank you. You're, you're the host. <laughs> um. First thing I thought, and this I'm just a Star Wars sucker. I was like, hey, she's British, maybe she's related to Rey, and yeah, I know God. just uh, just give me a chance. Um, <laughs> she really kind of looks and and sounds like her, and I know it's kind of like oh, tuso she's British and she's a girl. Obviously, she's really. it's just my, it was just a thought, man. All right, and okay, my second thought was. I can't wait to see Vader because I I really, I was interested in these new characters. I like that it was set in a Mm -hmm. universe that I was familiar with, but I was like, where's Vader, man? (laughs) Well,
0: so they actually, they actually are reporting in the uh, independent.uk that they do have a, uh, someone cast to play the role of Vader. Uh, It's reported that Spencer Wilding of the Doctor Who series and Guardians of the Galaxy uh, maybe under the armor. So somebody's going to be wearing the armor, um, mm-hmm. and it is not going to be who we are uh, familiar with David Proust or Hayden Christensen. So it. um, it's looking like Spencer Wilding has been cast. So the fact that they are reporting on a casting leads again to the, the idea that he's going to be in there. I know there had been some rumor and shouted that he's going to be in there in an, in an action role, slaughtering some rebels, using the Force in ways that we have not seen him before. But who is the hooded figure in the trailer? All right. uh, Darth Vader does not wear a cloak or a hood unless he's, I don't know, dressed down, which I don't think he does. No. Uh, and... Also, that hooded figure in the trailer kneels and is very large, very broad shoulders.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, it's not the Emperor. Um, everything I, I'm looking at the the screenshot right now, and it's it's just not the Emperor. The is imp- that
1: is that confirmed that it's not the Emperor? Yeah.
0: Well, no one's confirming anything.
1: Oh, it's, you got to be? You it, tell me like you know, man. No, no it's
0: it's it's. <laughs> I'm looking at the picture. That's not Palpatine. It's okay. too too tall. Shoulders are too broad. And also it is a cloak slash cape that that's not the same. All right, all right. It just, it can't be. <laughs> uh,
1: and th- the person kneels. This is a very strong opinion you have. I, I have a very strong opinion <laughs> about this.
0: But I think what's really important though, is that these Royal Guards, the Imperial, the Imperial Royal Guards are, are already in there. They're standing with something of great importance when this person enters. And to me, that looks like a back to tank. Hmm. Um, I don't I don't know what you thought it was. It's a beam of light, but it's pretty reminiscent of a to tank or some oh, yeah. sort of medical technology. It's totally a back to tank. What the
1: heck's in the tube, Tirso? All right, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what, Steven. <laughs> Zoron. <laughs> okay. Power Rangers,
0: assemble.
1: <laughs> Good God, you lost so much respect for me just right now. <laughs> um, okay, listen. I think, you know what? I'm going to be as confident as you no i can't do that um i think that it's sidious all right in the tube now no (laughs) on the ground kneeling in front of the tube um now you gotta follow me here all right we do know that the plagueis book if you've read the plagueis book you know what i'm talking about amazing book amazing story if you haven't read it pick it up on audible.com or wherever it is part of the legends line it's part yeah and that's what i was gonna get to steven is uh it's no longer considered canon um and if they are taking certain aspects from legends in terms of characters and storylines then we know that there's a good chance Plagueis is gonna be in the star wars universe in some way shape or form or alluding to that with snoke now This leads to something that we were talking about pre-podcasting is that I was in a conversation with some of my friends and they had said, look, man, Disney doesn't make movies. They're not in the movie-making business just for the sake of making them. They're very aware of the dismay that the prequels caused to a lot of fans. They're very aware what it means when you say, we're making a Star Wars film that's a prequel in today's day and age. So for them to take this huge risk to go back and make this film means that they're going to do some pretty heavy story building things. Now, here's why I think it's Sidious. You got to follow me here. I think what they're doing with this film is not just making a movie about how they got the plans to the Death Star. Because as much as I would still watch that film and it would still be interesting to me, I think that the characters and the people and the story arcs in this specific movie is gonna play a big role in what we see going forward in the Star Wars films. So if you're still following me here, I really think that they're gonna create a new canon for Plagueis where you have Sidious bowing before his body in a back to tank. Why would he be in a back to tank? Because Sidious injured him or killed him maybe he's keeping his body i don't know sith are into weird things right we already saw a resemblance of a sith character praying or or worshiping a figure of of the dark side i.e kylo ren talking to darth vader's mask what if we have a scene where we see darth sidious kneeling to the dead body presumably of Plagueis, and he's like getting some kind of weird spiritual force power from it and that's kind of, they, they kind of go from there. Now I know you're making a, you're grimacing, you're grimacing right now, but it, you you're gotta grimacing with great respect. It's, it's a solid, well, I think it's a solid idea because so, it's, it's, it's hooded. It's gotta be, it's gotta be my boy. City. So, okay. Where do
0: I begin? <laughs> two things. Okay. One, we weren't supposed to have a debate, but, but two things. <laughs> this was not in the show notes, but two.
1: I rebel.
0: That's what I do to follow the show Sith, Sith Inquisitors, okay, or Imperial Inquisitors. These mm. are now part of the regular canon ingrained in the fan base uh, right. via Star Wars Rebels. Mm. Um, Great show. The The Imperial Inquisitors are part of the story now. They are servants of the dark side who, who do work for Vader, hunting down Jedi, hunting down Rebels. It would make sense that if they are going to use Star Wars Rebels to bridge all of these things together which they are using it as a tool to tie everything together if you want to go and get all the story that you can Um, it might make sense that they finally introduce to us who some of these uh, get your hands dirty kind of people are in the empire now i think it might be a little bit uncomfortable because for the casual fan who does not follow all this stuff except for what they see on the uh, the silver screen seeing a apprentice or a inquisitor might be confusing to them especially since all they know is that there's Vader there's the emperor that's it so i'm a little bit skeptical that disney will bring in inquisitors cuz i think it will be confusing to the yeah. ge- the general population I agree. um but to all of us we'd be like oh well that's common <laughs> knowledge you know yeah. there's all these sith inquisitors that are learning under them um, but i'm i'm reluctant to say that that's the direction they're going to go on the Plagueis thing, I I, I said, I even said on the last episode that I completely subscribed to the idea that Snoke is Plagueis. Right. The only thing that really undercuts that, and I think and undercuts what you're saying, is that, like, are we to believe that Palpatine was that much of a failure at what he said he did? He said he killed his master in his sleep. And Palpatine is the greatest, the greatest villain mm-hmm. of all time. And... For him to have said that he killed his master in his sleep and have failed in some way, whether he knows about it or not, in the context that Snoke is Plagueis and survived all the Imperial years, uh, I think that undercuts the, the, the coolness of uh, of the Emperor. Sure. And we also learned in the Star Wars Aftermath uh, book that the Imperial Generals, they spoke specifically about, you know, we need to go to the outer reaches of the galaxy, the far reaches where the emperor has established outposts to search for the roots of the dark side. The emperor sensed that there was the great source of the dark side in the mm-hmm. far reaches of the galaxy, and he sent people to go look for those. And that was put there, I think, as a specific nugget to everybody going into The Force Awakens to this might be where Snoke comes from. So you're going to have the Empire disband. They're going to go searching for the source of the dark side that the Emperor mm-hmm. talked about. They're going to find it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's Snoke. And Snoke guides them back to being the First Order organized and ready for action. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that's, that's just why I'm, I'm reluctant to say that Plagueis is, is going to have anything to do with Rogue One I think that there's I think there's probably just going to be something underwhelming in in that back to tank. But I am curious as to who that that cloaked figure is. I think that's the big outstanding thing. And the other big question is Ben Mendelsohn's character. Right. The white robes, the white uniform. He he looks amazing. Oh yeah. Great great actor. Um I I will be honest, I've only seen him in one thing, the Netflix series Bloodlines. Mm-hmm. Um and it just crushed me. His performance was fantastic and disturbing, scary. He's this guy who looks very plain, very just underwhelming. Uh, But when he gets sinister, he gets real, real sinister. Um, So I think he's just going to blow everybody away in an Imperial role. What is unclear as to what his rank is. There's talk that he is Tarkin. There's talk that he is Grand Admiral Thrawn. There's also talk that he is part of the Imperial Intelligence Agency. And that he could be sort of in the spy role conducting uh, intelligence on the rebellion. What do you think?
1: Uh, in, in terms of who Ben Middleton is? Yeah. Um, I don't think he's Tarkin. Um, I don't. He is wearing a Grand Admiral. He's, he's
0: wearing uh, what we outfit. know as a Grand Admiral yeah. outfit. But again, it's, it goes back to the canon versus legends thing. Right. Um, the only Grand Admiral that we ever saw was Grand Admiral Thrawn, and that's no longer really a thing. Now that would be an obvious thing for them to pull from the can-
1: from the yeah. Legends series. I, I, I could agree with that, but um, I, I don't subscribe to him being Thrawn only because it'd be so easy for them to do the blue skin, and the red eyes, and that would look great on yeah, screen. People um, love, it. and not to say that it couldn't be. I just don't think that they are. I think you could absolutely just pull a new character there. <laughs> Um, and I think, it, regardless of who, who he is, he's going to be great. I mean, just those shots of him walking through the water, and even that Chilling. first shot, he actually he seemed to have like a blaster with him, which was interesting. It was either it was either cane or some sort of blaster. Yeah, he was loaded. But he, he was... appeared
0: he appeared to be on the uh, on the Death Star. Yeah, I don't know if you looked behind him, but it was that that window where right. Tarkin and Vader stand after yeah. they fire on Yavin. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry, Alderaan.
1: <laughs> yeah, come on, man.
0: Messing up the facts. I know. I get,
1: <laughs> gotta get your facts straight, man. That's why
0: I'm the host. But uh, one more thing. I mean, so Mon Mothma. Did you just lose it when you saw Mon Mothma? I did. I I, did. I, I, I squealed. Yeah. I squealed. Well, I, I was.
1: Squeal.
0: I, I squealed. <laughs> i was so excited. I mean, so Genevieve O'Reilly, the actress who, who who's cast as Mon Mothma, she looks just like her. She looks, yeah, She just absolutely. looks just like her. It's amazing. And she was cast for Revenge of the Sith nearly mm. 10 years ago. Yeah. Uh, She was cast for that movie and they cut her out. Right. Yeah. Her scenes ended up on the cutting room floor. So she got to play him Mothma. We never saw it. Mm -hmm. And Disney had the grace and the wonder to recast her and bring her back. Which is awesome. So she got to do the job. Yeah. Uh, Good for her. But I think she's going to be really great. Um, We didn't learn anything about. Uh, Mods Mickelson, um, who I think is going to be playing some sort of imperial scientist, uh, building the Death Star, or Alan Tudyk. Um, those questions are definitely still unanswered. Yeah. Uh, I was pretty i was pretty fascinated by uh, Donnie Yen's uh, ninja-esque yes. character. Yes.
1: He looked awesome. He um
0: schooling some stormtroopers in the middle of a <laughs> uh,
1: wrecked city. Yes. So, yeah, I'm, I'm actually curious. What are your thoughts on uh, Jen Erso, uh, Felicity Jones, in the new female lead role? Well, she seems like a troubled young
0: lady <laughs> to get mixed up with the rebellion. Uh, Would you say but, she's a troubled young lady? Well, they make it pretty clear she's got a rap sheet, uh, <laughs> aggravated assault, multiple arrests. Uh, they make it pretty clear that I think I think they're like offering her a way out of a bad situation. They walk her in in cuffs. Yeah. So I am fascinated as to how she got there. And what sort of options the rebellion is giving her? Are they giving her like one of those situations where they're like, "Well, you can do this for us, or you can go to a jail or a prison," but they don't have the ability to jail people. They're yeah. they're not a government. They're, they're just they talking are, smack. They're <laughs> an underground group. How do they have the ability to handcuff people and walk them around unless and unless they're only. imperial? Um, so I'm I'm just curious what her backstory is. I think as everybody is, but what I love especially in the context of having another strong female lead is that she is a great mirror image to Ray. Um, Ray is a kind, gentle, loving person. Yep. <laughs> and Jen Irso seems to be much more rough around the edges. So having that sort of juxtapose, I think is going to be pretty cool. What about a uh, force Whitaker? What uh, will you do? Uh, <laughs> if they catch you.
1: <laughs> what will you do 10. if they break you. <laughs> Ten out of ten on that impression. (laughs) Um, I uh, I really am excited for him to be in this film. I don't remember the last time we got like a an Academy Award winning actor to be in Star Wars like that. Um, I mean, I I mean, Alec Guinness maybe. Mm -hmm. Um, So I don't. You'll have to fact check me on that. I don't know if he actually won a, an Academy Award. He was an amazing actor, though.
0: He was, he was a renowned decorated actor yeah. that brought credibility so to, to think, the first
1: Star Wars movies. So. Yeah, to to think that we have that kind of talent in this kind of more gritty, dark Star Wars film is exciting. I'm like, dude, I want to see what... Because he looks kind of like a uh, little bit of a bounty hunter. He has yeah. this, like, breath thing yeah. and these, like, shoulder pads and this he's, really cool He's beat sword. up. Yeah, so I'm, I'm interested to see uh, what kind of role he plays. Um, and uh, there's a few other characters I don't know their names, uh, but kind of the guy with the jacket and kind of leaning back in the corner. Yeah, he's he's
0: sitting there grinning while she's getting grilled by Mon Mothma and the other yeah. general.
1: I'm, I'm interested to see how they take these characters um, and develop them because I think though, and this kind of transitions to my next kind of, I guess I would say problem with this movie might be, is just that these characters might not make it to the end of the movie, right? Because, yeah, um, that's very possible because what I don't want to happen is to have an inconsistency with, which I don't think they will, but yeah. I don't want there to be an inconsistency with the rest of the Star Wars films. And that's, that's why earlier when I was discussing the cloaked figure, I, I don't want them to introduce too many new concepts because then we'll have kind of the Qui-Gon Jinn syndrome as they mm-hmm. like to call it, where yeah. it's like, let's introduce this big story arc, and then it means nothing for later. Where you're kind of like, why wasn't Qui Gon? Yeah, mentioned? all the
0: all the mentions of Qui Gon in the original films. Yeah, I think that's gonna be a huge thing that they they have to be careful of. Yeah, um, this film has to start. Actually, I don't really care where they start it before they find. The Death Star plans. They've mm-hmm. learned about the weapon itself and they know that they're going to start using it. So they need to go on a mission to get the plans so that they can learn how to disable it. This movie has to end with Darth Vader chasing after the Tantive Four yeah. and going after Leia. So these spies that they're going to send to get their hands on the Death Star plans, they're going to hand them off to Leia and then Darth Vader is going to be on their tail. So either these characters bite the dust or they disappear yeah i don't think the latter is very likely yeah. um jenny or so i you know there's this speculation you know swirling that she might be a spy because they showed her in a tie fighter pilot uniform at the end of the trailer i think it raises some interesting questions based on the way that they they shot the trailer and sort of left it with that dark ending what will you become yeah um that she could Maybe switch sides. Maybe she's a, a self-preservationist. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe she's going to see at the end of the day like, yeah, sure, I I'm, I'm wanted to join a rebellion, but really what I just wanted was power. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. Maybe she'll, maybe she'll jump sides to save herself or maybe they all die uh, when Vader gets on their tail. Mm-hmm. And Vader lets them get away so that he can then track the plans to where they go and then crush the rebellion. And that plan blows up in Vader's face.
1: Right. Um, no pun intended. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, my God. Or maybe pun intended. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, Vader it's... Vader really, really, really beefed it on that whole plan. <laughs> it really blows letting, up. He the lets space. the Rebels get the plans. He thinks that he's going to then be able to blow them up. He fails, and then Palpatine... in in the newest Darth Vader comics, just rips him a new one. Like, this is all your fault. I blame you for this 100%. And I blame you for this, Darth Vader, because there's no one else alive to take the blame. Poor Vader. Poor Poor guy. Poor Vader.
1: So I want to play a little game of over-under, all right? Um, Over-under, 40% that we see Obi-Wan Kenobi make a cameo in this film. Under. Okay, way way under. Okay, wait. Wow. Okay, over under ten percent, under. Wow. <laughs> All right, under. I say I say over ten percent, because I don't know. I really want so, to see so you McGregor,
0: man. You think that this movie that they're not going to tie into the other films is going to have Plagueis, Obi Wan. <laughs> <Look. laughs>
1: You're you're putting words in her mouth. Okay, let me continue with this. All right, let me just over under. Jen Urso is somehow connected to Captain Phasma. Twenty percent over under twenty percent (laughs) under. He's just shooting him down. I say over. I say over. I say under. All right. Okay. (laughs) One more. I like this game. One more. Uh, over under fifteen percent we see the newly cast young Han Solo make an appearance in this film. Under. (laughs) Good. Oh, okay. Fine. I say, actually, I say under too. (laughs) Um, Well, I think, (laughs) I think,
0: I think that's, I mean, the newly cast Han Solo. So, I mean, you, you ready to
1: pivot? I'm ready to pivot anytime All right, so you I'm, want. I'm
0: ready to pivot. So, the race for the most important job in the land had a new development, and that came out today, right before we actually started recording. Mm-hmm. There are several candidates still in this race, uh, but there is a frontrunner that has emerged. And I am talking, of course, about the role of Han Solo for his standalone film that's going to be coming out in May 25th, 2018. Oh. Um, can you say his name? Uh, I I read it as Elden, Eindric. <laughs>
1: this is a real good uh, German accent, actually. Uh, Elden Heinrich. Oh, I'm gonna say I'm gonna shoot for Alden, Ironrick. Ironrick. <laughs> I, I don't How know. How about Elden Ehrenrich? <laughs> uh, I don't. Okay. Look, this is a really sensitive thing for me. I um. I'm sure that this guy has really good acting chops. I'm I'm not going to deny that. Um, I mean, he's acted in plenty of films that, you know, people say he stands out in, like Hail Caesar. Recently, a lot of people say he stole the movie, and that it's... might be really easy because it was one of the worst reviewed movies of the past few months. <laughs> All right, um, <laughs> I was trying to give him a chance. You just shut him right down. Um, I I have a lot of reservations about this. Um, I trust Disney to an extent to make this film and cast right. I mean, they've been casting well for, I mean, they, they have a good rap so far. Ray, Finn, uh, Jenner. So from what we can tell, yeah. I guess I can't really make that assumption yet, but I, I believe in it. So I, I want to believe that they're doing a good job, but Han Solo is different. He's not your new kid on the block. Like he's been around for over 30 years. Uh, and for me personally, like we talked about in the last episode, some of us grew up with him. I grew up with him. Um, and to have this new face, this new guy that's saying just a bunch of hokey religion. It's like, I don't know how I feel about that, man.
0: Yeah. I think we all let Han Solo go in the force awakens when he fell. Don't remind me. (laughs) He fell, he fell, he fell into the abyss and I Uh. I think we all let him go. And I think, to a certain extent, we all made peace with that, uh, with 90. that loss. Um, maybe not you, but <laughs> I think I think everybody had sort of just swallowed it, accepted it, and gone. All right, Han Solo is down, and Harrison Ford is Han Solo. Unlike some other characters who have been cast throughout the series. There is nobody who has owned the a role so much as Harrison Ford has right. to that. I don't think anyone else can play it, and I. This is sort of a standalone film that I wasn't really wanting. Right. I don't have any questions or desire to see where Han Solo comes from. I, I I'm fine maybe seeing that in the context of a book or a comic, but he shows up in A New Hope in the most cool way possible, just chilling. In a booth in a cantina, yeah, and that is really all that I ever needed to see. He's a guy with swagger. He's a loner. He's got a he's got a sketchy past. He 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 has one friend. His co-pilot, Chewbacca, and I just don't want to see that whole coming-of-age story with him. Or so anyway. I'm obviously I'm excited. I'll be first in line. Oh but, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm 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 just nervous. I'm yeah. just nervous I, I don't want them to take away from everything that I've always felt for Han Solo and Harrison Ford um, with any of these people who are on the short list. it's you know it's Alden Ehrenrich, Taryn Egerton and Jack Rayner are said to be on the the last standing shortlist of people who did really well in the screen tests and I just I just gotta say I'm just I'm skeptical
1: oh yeah
0: what what standalone film are you looking forward to because there's there's been talk of uh, several different
1: ones Ooh, i'll tell you what man i'm the most in terms of what's being talked about or rumored it hasn't been confirmed but a obi-wan kenobi trilogy or standalone film is something that i am absolutely bananas for um ewan mcgregor is at the perfect age right now um and he he's just he's at the perfect it's the best time for him to get in in the robes and be a hermit on Tatooine. um i'd he love he dtf what? he is down to film oh God. i got my joke in he did he's been it's okay steven's been wanting to do that for a while and i just, <laughs> I just i'll let him do it finally got it in <laughs>
0: uh, no he's he's expressed again interest in doing another obi-wan kenobi film and picking up picking up the costume picking up the saber and i i'm with you that's sort of my answer as well is we want an obi-wan kenobi film we want to see what happens in the desert while he is in exile that is important we need to see that i want to see him learning to get Uh, to that place where he can become one with the Force. That's something that I think we would all benefit from seeing, what that meditation time of exile and conflict was like for him. That's crucial. And if Ewan McGregor
1: will grace us with his presence again, we're ready to have you. Oh, absolutely. Because Ewan McGregor, there's something about him that, he has this undeniable charm about him, that even if you're one of those people that jumps on the hate wagon for the prequels, I mean, yeah, maybe there are the select few that are like, whatever, you and McGregor, screw you. But for me, I loved him, man. He was the perfect Obi Wan. He made the role, in my opinion, better than Alec Guinness did. A little blasphemy? I don't know. I won't take it back because he was like so good. Um, and that's one of the many things I love about the prequels is that you have a a select few things that you can actually grab it and say, I really enjoyed that. Well, so I think that's a great time to talk
0: about what they wanted. to to have be our main topic for today, which is the merit of the prequel trilogy, why the prequel trilogy is so important to the Star Wars experience and to the saga as a whole. And I think there's no better place to start than with the intent. Mm -hmm. The intent was to set up the politics of the original trilogy. How did we get from a democracy that Obi-Wan Kenobi described to Luke Skywalker in his home on Tatooine to the dictatorship and the time of oppression that we now know under the empire. Uh, one of the most important things to remember is that George Lucas made very clear in an interview, I think, it was, I think it was in the late 90s. He basically was alluding to Emperor Palpatine as a Nixon figure. And he wanted to remind the audience in this crowd, Palpatine is not just some random dark lord who appears in Return of the Jedi. He's a politician and seeing that he dealt with a democracy and Palpatine was a senator who was working his way up to the top to then take away everything that this republic had ever stood for is important to the context of the of the original trilogy so seeing Palpatine start in episode one as just this senator who seems to have good intentions and wants to help and aid democracy and help the people of Naboo whom he represents seeing the way that he's twisting the system from the inside changes everything.
1: Yeah, man, I absolutely agree. I think um, watching Palpatine in the prequel films. Um, if you're looking at it with the right angle can really highlight his character and how evil he really is. Um, I believe it's absolutely important to see uh, how intelligent he was to invade the system, manipulate his way to power and ultimately take everything over. It was a smart, intelligent way of coming to power Um, and some of that ultimately feeds and is completely important to the prequels but ultimately these are the things we're going to be covering in the next few episodes here Um, we're going to take the time to pick apart each individual film from the prequels and talk about why they're important um, and what makes them so special to the saga as a whole but for today that is all the time that we have
0: thank you again for tuning in to another episode of beltway bantha's uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Beltway Banthas and please hit us up on Facebook. Shoot us an email at BeltwayBanthas at gmail.com. We really would love to hear from you, your thoughts, reactions, questions, ideas for future episodes. And we soon are going to have some guests coming on the show, special guests from the Beltway who can comment on Star Wars in a whole new way and bring some insight that maybe no one had ever really felt or thought of before. So. Um, But again, thanks for tuning in, and we will see you next week.
1: Laugh it up, Fuzzball.